This is the New York Times Audio Digest for Thursday, April 8, 2010, presented by Audible. Here's what's happening on the front page this morning. A vast machine censors all of China. United and U.S. Airways are in merger talks, and day of upheaval for Kyrgyzstan as leader flees. In this morning's financial news, in a surprise, Geithner's trip includes China. Fed reviews find lapses in oversight at Citigroup, and Greek banks seek help as country waits for debt aid. There will be more business stories, along with more national and world news, the latest from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. This is the top story written from Beijing. The headline is, A Vast Machine Censors All of China. Type the Chinese character for carrot into Google's search engine here and you'll pull up a blank screen. Don't blame Google. Since late March, when Google moved its search operations out of mainland China to Hong Kong, each response to a Chinese citizen's search request has been met at the border by government computers, programmed to censor any forbidden information Google might turn up. Carrot in Mandarin, Hulabo, contains the same Chinese character as the surname of President Hu Jintao and the computers, long programmed to intercept Chinese language searches on the nation's leaders, substitute an error message for the search result. This is China's censorship machine, part George Orwell, part Rube Goldberg, an information sieve of staggering breadth and fineness, yet full of holes, run by banks of advanced computers, but also by thousands of Communist Party drudges. Censorship used to be the sleepy province of the party's central propaganda department, in the new network China, censorship is a major growth industry, overseen and fought over by no fewer than 14 government ministries. Today, China censors everything from the traditional print press to domestic and foreign internet sites, from cell phone text messages to social networking services, from online chat rooms to blogs, films, and email. It even censors online games. The government also employs people to peddle its views online in the guise of impartial bloggers and chatroom denizens. The government's strategy is not just to block unflattering messages, but to overwhelm them with its own positive spin and rebuttals. The government makes no apologies for what it calls guiding public opinion. Regulation is crucial, it says, to keep China from sliding into chaos and to preserve the party's monopoly on power. In the last year, censorship has increased markedly including the closing of thousands of blogs and websites in ostensible anti-pornography campaigns and the jailing of dissidents who use the Internet to spread their views. The departure of Google's search engine in March only capped months of growing intolerance of unfettered speech. The paradox is that even with such pervasive restraints, China's press and Internet are capable of freewheeling discourse and social criticism. Newspapers, blogs, and online chats have unleashed national outrages over food and medicine contamination and local corruption. Bloggers continually tweak the censors, creating an online land of mythical creatures whose names are all homonyms for aspects of the state's heavy hand. With 384 million users in China and 181 million blogs, the Internet poses a true cat-herding predicament for censors. Foreign entities are a lesser problem. The reason is logistical. Just 25 cables link China's internet to the outside world, and all their traffic must pass through one of three computers in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. At those centers, government computers, the so-called Great Firewall, intercept data and compare it to a constantly changing list of forbidden keywords and web addresses. 